Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for joining us today. When you get a chance, do me a big favor, check us out at consumerguide.com. While you're there, check out our 2023 Best Buy Picks. This list is an excellent starting place. If you were shopping for a new car or truck, and, and this is a big deal, in case you miss an episode of the podcast, you can stream them, all of them, right there on our homepage. All right, she's the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. She's a North American Car of the Year juror, and her freelance work can be found in a bunch of different places. Hey, Jill Simonello. Hello, Tom Appel. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I've uh, I've almost had my full of you. I saw a lot of you last week. <laughs> you did see a lot of me last week. I think we saw each other three times. Yeah. Can you ever get enough, Jill? Yes. <laughs> Well, if you play Peruvian uh, folk music, I can certainly get enough Tom. So I was trying to explain that album, and I just became aware of it, but YouTube feeds me music stuff that's okay. always very weird. Well, because Google is always listening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't actually remember the name of this album, but it's a collection of Peruvian folk music played on American rock instruments with kind of a funky wah-wah psychedelic thing going on. Wah-wah? It was from a is short-lived- that, Is that a technical term? Short, yes. <laughs> okay. The wah-wah pedal. Wah-wah. Okay, got it. It really is. Okay. Yeah. So go go. Sorry, I totally interrupted. It doesn't matter. I was you didn't like Wawa. the music. No. You and I were driving the yes. Toyota Crown. Yes, we were. That's a 2024. 2023? I think 2023. 2023 Toyota yeah. Crown. We'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But I picked the music. You did. <laughs> you did. I let you pick the music uh, because if we had listened to my music, yeah, um, no, it would no have good. been like the 13-year-old the boy fan favorite music. I, I, I suspect I'm pickier about my music than you are about your music. Oh, no, not at all. I'm very picky about my music. Really? I just tend to like top uh, 40 music. That's not being picky. Uh, yeah, it is. Almost by definition, I, it's I not. I don't want Peruvian folk music. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, we're off topic a little bit, but you wanted to circle back onto a topic we did, we addressed last week. Yeah, You're driving yeah. a very fast electric vehicle. I am. so we, Silly fast. Silly silly fast. It's an EV, so fast. Do, do you know? I'm not, I don't mean to put you in a spot what the zero to 60 time on that thing is. I do not. Okay. I do not, but fast. But um, it's, like, it's like this this Kia yeah. is faster than like 95% of all Ferraris ever built. Yes. It's silly. It is. It is. So it's the, the Kia EV6 GT, in case uh-huh. in case you missed GT it. GT being the fast part. Being the fast part. And we were talking to James Bell last week, and I asked him, I said, you know, what is one thing I should know, do, think about with this vehicle? Oh, yeah, 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 And yeah. he said that I should get on the highway and like uh-huh. go a constant speed, so like 55 miles an hour, and then hit the boost button, or the GT button. Um, the lime green button on the steering wheel and and hit that button without accelerating anymore and see what happens. And what happened is I pressed the button and I literally got pushed back in my seat without like pushing my foot anymore on the accelerator p- pedal and it just went. Whoosh. What is that button called? Um, it's the GT button. The GT button. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically a temporary boost of extra. Yes. Extra, extra horsepower, extra, extra everything. (laughs) And, but, but what was crazy is like, literally I'm going 55 miles an hour, have my foot not on the, like on the pedal, not pushing any harder. And it just takes off and it keeps going faster and faster and faster until I like let go of the boost button. So do you know how long (laughs) the EV boost lasts? Um, well, I know in the, um, the, the Genesis version, it's like, 15 seconds or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it would be short-lived. It would take a yeah. while to accumulate that power again after the fact. And, um, by the way, it really ate into my range. Like, I t- oh, yeah. immediately took off, like, well, 30 miles of range. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't do that. I know, but it was so much fun. And um, I, I have to say, at least once a time when I'm getting into the vehicle, I have to press the button. Sure. It is so much fun. If you know when you're going to charge again. Well, you know, I have right. a wall jacket home. It's totally fine. 110 okay, so volts. It's, it's just fine. called the GT button. Yeah, the GT GT button. It's lime yeah. green. That's on my schedule. Yes. So but I haven't driven it yet. A lot of fun. And um, and actually, so like last week, I, w- I drove out here, which is about 30 miles round trip. I drove to uh, wherever the the meeting was. We went on like Arlington Heights. Yeah. Then I drove That's to That's not really Arlington Aurora. Heights. I know it is on a map. But, um, but I drove... Yeah. S- 
several places yeah. and I would drive it home, plug it into my wall jack. So again, 110 volts. And I've been essentially keeping it at like 100% charge because I'm not like other than it's, It seems like you've had jaunts. this now for like a month. How long have you had this? A week. This? Oh. A week. All right. But I'll, I'll get it home tonight. Because you, you're like, yeah, 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 Kia EV6. Sorry, I'm yeah. just really enjoying this vehicle. <laughs> And I have a much warmer feelings about I'm it than jealous. I did the regular EV6. Really? I'm just put that out I think there. that's an excellent vehicle. It was okay. All right. Yeah. We, all right. So there you go. EV6, yep. uh, uh, GT, GT button, lots of fun. Hit, hit the button. All right. Yep. Um, last week, you hinted at a story you couldn't yes. talk about. Yes, I did. Now you can talk about it. Now now I can talk about it. So, I have since covered the story as well. So I'm up to speed on this story. So, so you are up to speed, and we can post two links on this story this week. We can. Yes. All right. I can, sure, I can post yours too. More sound effects for you. Do you need me to use my first class voice? No. Okay. No. Because we're going to be talking about the Lincoln Nautilus, um, which is kind of a first class vehicle. They revealed the, um, and I didn't really get an answer back from Lincoln about whether it was a next generation or just significantly refreshed. Did you get an We inkling? might as well call it all new. Okay. Because it's shifting well, to an all-new Well, they call it all-new, but sometimes they call significantly refreshed, yeah, like yeah. all-new. And so I didn't know if it meant like new platform, completely new generation, but I asked and they did not answer. Well, this is where the story gets interesting. And yes. this is probably where they're dodging some of the facts on this story. <laughs> or just ignoring but me the altogether. the Nautilus is, is the midsize two-row. Yep. It slots be- between the Aviator, yep. which is three-row, and, and the little Corsair. Yep. The little Corsair, which is way overpriced. <laughs> but, but, but a very lovely vehicle. It's very refined. Yeah. It's just too expensive. Okay. But the Nautilus is disappearing and coming back is basically what's happening here. Um, there, is a, there is a factory in Canada mm-hmm. where the Ford Edge and the Lincoln Nautilus are built. That's being shifted to EV production. Okay. So the Nautilus is being moved to, not being moved to, going to be sourced from China. Okay, yep. From Ford's partner, Shang Gang. Uh, which is located in Hangzhou, and I don't know my Chinese geography, but there you go. But here's the interesting thing about this. So they're probably expecting lower volume of vehicles coming in because they're going to be importing them. They probably don't care that much about how many they import because the the, in, um, the import excise tax is 27.5%. So obviously, they're only going to be selling expensive versions of this yeah. too. And yep. in fact, the base price goes up by like seven grand. Yeah. So that's the story here. But it's really cool looking. Yeah. Did you check out the pictures of the interior? I love the interior. And then you have one contiguous instrument panel, yeah. one touchscreen that is as long as you lying down. Yeah. Right? It's like 42 Probably inches. longer than me yeah. lying down. I don't know. But it literally goes, I, I called it wall-to-wall screenage because it goes from essentially like the A pillar on the driver's side to the yeah. A pillar on the passenger side. And, you know, I, I wasn't able to get there in person to see it, uh, but I'm curious about the driver's visibility of like, can they see all the way to the passenger side? Um, because I know, like Jeep has like the yeah. passenger screen that the driver can't see. I suspect that's just dedicated to the passenger side. I can't yeah. imagine there's valuable like the speedometer is probably not over the fuel no. gauge. No, but weather like if the fuel gauge was all the way over by the passenger side door. It's yeah. small and small, and you never know if you're running out of fuel. But uh, but yeah, so uh, but I thought that was really interesting. They are putting a hybrid version in there. Um, and it'll be available in all trims. I thought that was interesting, but not a plug-in hybrid, uh, which both, I believe, the Corsair and the um, Aviator Aviator both yeah. have a plug-in. So this yeah, is just Grand a Tourings, straight. Grand GTs. Yes, Grand Tourings. Um, but this is just a straight hybrid. Um, I was trying to think if there was anything else that looked kind of... Oh, and... Okay, so we when we were talking about the RZ and we mm-hmm. talked about the yoke... And it's like kind yes, of a Yes, so that's flat. the Lexus RZ. Lexus yes. is first American market all-electric vehicle. It has a yoke. Well, this does not have a yoke, but it has a flat-top steering wheel. Did you say flat-top? Flat-top. Okay. It's got a buzz cut. Interesting. Is <laughs> but, it flat on the bottom, too? Um, yeah, it's kind of more of an oval shape than an yeah. actual wheel. Do you and know why they do that? So the reason why they did it in this vehicle, yes, I do know why okay. they did that, Tom. So, um, you'll have to tell us. Uh, so that you can see the screens. No, no. I mean, do yeah. you know the, the flat? Well, well, the flat here. bottom. Yeah, I know here. why they do, but the flat yeah, top that's an old specifically. Thing. Well, but that's the flat bottom. Yeah. But the flat top is specifically in this vehicle, so that you can see the the screens because the screens again 
go like wall to wall. So you should be looking over your steering wheel at the screens rather than through the steering I, wheel. I like looking through. And no. I find this whole looking over the thing no very more allowed. unsettling. I, and so th- what that does also... I'm too young to retire and I'm very unsettled <laughs> by change. Well, you are old. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing with this is... Uh, no more head-up display because of being able to see. I, I'm assuming no more head-up display. We've started to see this in a lot of other vehicles that you're looking over the steering wheel. They've done away with the head-up display because you should be, like, looking at the gauges over the top. If you are approaching six foot tall or six feet tall or taller, you find that head-up displays, which project information onto the windshield, mm-hmm. which can be very useful, yep. especially on long highway drives. Yeah. You find that you have, you're moving around to try to locate that because you have to be looking at it from the right angle right. or it disappears on you. Yeah, I always have to move it up. And I find very <laughs> few that actually work. Oh, I find they all work, but you just I have to move them significantly in order to get them to yeah. work for me because I am not six feet tall. I am very short. So the other interesting thing about this Lincoln story is that its companion vehicle, the Ford Edge, mm-hmm. which is mechanically identical, mm-hmm. probably just going away. Yeah. There doesn't look like... There is a Chinese vehicle called the Edge L. It's a long wheelbase edge, and it doesn't look like they're going to be importing that. Okay. So that's going away. But Ford's got all sorts of other product there now, Bronco, Bronco Sport. They're, they're busy. They, they are very busy. But Ford's just, Lincoln's just got the four products. Yeah. Well, yeah, so so far. Um, well, you know, and one more thing I want to point out about this is it's getting the updated version of Blue Cruise, which is the Ford version of the um, hands-free driving yeah, on the highway. semi-autonomous. Everything's like level two plus autonomous. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I don't Have you ever had the opportunity to test a vehicle with Blue Cruise in it? Blue Cruise? Yeah. I have not tried Blue Cruise. I just it's know... horrible. Oh, well, there it you go. It is horrible. And so this is, a, this is a, supposed to be an updated version, which I hope is better. But like I drove from Chicago all the way down to Indianapolis in the Ford F-150 Lightning using Blue Cruise, set the you know speed limit, um, at the, or the cruise control at the speed limit, and let the vehicle do the driving, and it literally bobbles between lanes. But they've made a couple of updates on the system, and so there's supposed to be some more lane centering that's done. And so I'm hoping that that creates a little bit more stability and as far as i know this is the first vehicle that gets the 2.0 version of blue cruise well that's interesting i, I love uh super cruise which super is in cruise Cadillacs. Is amazing. And, yeah that, that's very good and and my very brief not my very brief but it's, it's sort of a different system and it's not as comprehensive but nissan's pro pilot yep. system in traffic yeah love it yeah love it i i had the nissan altima last week um, and drove that to Indianapolis and, yep, used the ProPilot and it works super well. That's cool. I wanted to talk about something else for a moment. Okay. Just a moment. Uh, just a moment. How, how long is a moment? Like a minute? Well, we got like four minutes here. Are you sure? You're bad with time. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> but the Treasury Department. Oh, yes. Released the yes. list of vehicles that qualify for the $7,500 and $3,750 tax credits. Yes. For EVs. Yes. And the list is weird. <laughs> and it's short. It is very short. So congrats to General Motors for landing everything electric on the list, right? They've got the Lyric, the Silverado, the Cadillac Lyric, the Chevy Silverado, the Equinox, the Bolt made the list. Yep. What's going to be interesting about this is that Honda and Acura are going to benefit from this because the Honda Prologue mm-hmm. and the Acura ZDX, the first electric vehicles in the U.S. from those from those brands, are built by GM for them. Yes. Here. So score, they're going to get the $7,500 tax credit almost certainly. But here's the weird thing. A couple of plug-in hybrids. Did you see this? Mm-mm. A couple of plug-in hybrids made the list for $7,500. The Pacifica. Okay. Which we've discussed gets expensive. Yep. And the Aviator GT, we just talked about okay. that. That's the Lincoln plug-in hybrid. So they make it. Yeah. And then uh, Jeep does some nice, uh, got some nice luck here too. The 4xE products. Okay. Both the uh, Grand Cherokee and the okay. Wrangler. Getting the thirty seven hundred and fifty bucks. We should talk about this list more. Yeah. Did you say you're not here next week? I'm not here next you're week. You're globetrotting. I am going to back to Sweden. 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 Um, so one thing I want to say about this list. Yes. Um, and I wrote a story about because like General Motors. Do made you want a, to look at my teeny tiny printout? No. Okay. Is it in four point type? Yes. Is it Jill size type? Yeah. This is not no. old man can read this um, during a radio show type. Yeah. A old man can't read it <laughs> during a radio show. Um, no. So General Motors made a big deal out of the fact that the Silverado EV is on this list. And what I want to say is you're talking about the work truck trim. It's just barely on is, the list. Is barely on the list because this, like you go, I feel like the work truck 
three and work truck four start at like $78,000, and the price cap for these vehicles is like $80,000. So um, I, I just, I think it's really interesting that they're making a big deal out of it. But one, it's going to be a truck nobody can get their hands on. And two, they're probably going to make like two of them. Very few consumers will yeah. be able to apply this whole thing. You know what else is interesting to that point exactly? Mm-hmm. The Tesla Model Y and the Tesla Model 3 are on the list. Okay. The problem is that the base batteries in both of those vehicles are supplied by China, <laughs> China CATL. Right. So they're not going to qualify. So you right. have to step up to a higher trim level, get a performance or a long range or something like that. Yeah. You're going to have a very hard time making it under the limit. Yeah. And and so like backing up a little bit, if people aren't familiar with this tax credit, there's a number of things that um, go into it. So the vehicle has to be, I think, less than $55,000 for a car, um, less than $80,000 for an SUV or a truck. Yep. It, um Household income comes into play as yeah. to whether or not you can, you know, get the credit. There's a Although percentage. That's, that's high. It is high. Combined household income is three hundred thousand dollars, so it's it's pretty high. Individuals one fifty. Yeah. And then a head of households two and a quarter. Yeah. So so but those the, numbers aren't going to be the problem for a lot of no, people. No, but but it comes into play. So there's and then the other thing is is the percentage of like the battery and the percentage of like the vehicle um, yeah, that so is made even. in the United States and or North America. And so so. Um, General Motors requalifies, like they were booted from the tax credits because they had sold their quota, but now they're back on the list. And then you have a whole bunch of people who used to qualify that no longer qualify because they're not made in America or they cost too much or like, and I bet you the Cadillac Lyric, probably like only one trim is going to qualify because that's going to be an expensive Well, vehicle. that starts now, what, 64 grand? They've raised the price since it launched. Yeah. But but that's just rear drive. So if you go dual motor, which I don't know if that's available yet. Yeah. I mean, you'll be touching 80 yeah. at a higher trim level quickly. at some point. Or if you add any options, anything, you're going to be, yeah. you know, over 80. Also, I think Super Cruise that we just mentioned is optional. Yeah. So that's going to be money too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I, this list is very interesting, very short. And um, the vehicles you think qualify do not qualify. The vehicles that used to qualify don't qualify. Vehicles that didn't used to qualify qualify. Yeah, it's weird. Ha- the vehicle has to be assembled in the U.S. Yep. Battery has to be assembled in the U.S. And then constituent uh, materials. Yep. Your cobalt, your There's manganese, a percentage. your zinc, your copper. Yeah. I think it, right now at least 40% of it has to be U.S. Mm-hmm. sourced or friendly nation sourced. That number is going up every year. Yep. Yep. So it, it's going to get harder and harder to stay on this list. Yeah. And so if you're curious about what vehicles qualify, you can go to fueleconomy.gov and you can go to irs.gov and you can find the list in both of those places. All right. You know what we're going to do now? Uh, we're going to take a break. Our guest who is in studio today. Yes. Jane Ulitskaya. Yes. I've always been afraid to say her name. <laughs> but you got the phonetic spelling, right? I do. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Every page that I might need. <laughs> I have Ulitskaya written out in funny <laughs> phonetic words. Right. Although it's easy once you say it. If I said it right, we'll find out in a moment. Right. <laughs> uh, but Cars just released their 2023 Cars.com affordability report, uh, picking out specific vehicles. Yes. That they, they regard as the most affordable. Yes. So we'll talk about those. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel. Thanks for sticking around today. Hey, Jill. Hey, yeah. Ask me real quick how people can find me on Twitter. Uh, hey, Tom, how can people find you on Twitter? I don't understand the application of the voice there. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about donuts. Oh. Because <laughs> I have a Spunky Dunkers red velvet donut. That is super right red. It is very red. That is like bleeding red. Yes. That donut's been hurt. They are first class donuts. Yeah. Weird. Okay. I am Car Guy Tom on Twitter. <laughs> back, to, back to the question you wanted me to guy. ask yes, you about. Yeah. Yes, I am Car Guy Tom on Twitter. That's car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain. Jill takes issues with me promising to entertain. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's going to play weird Peruvian music, and that is not entertaining. There's no music on Twitter. Mm, I did share the, the album cover, though. You did. Yeah. All right, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, totally it. No more no more weird Peruvian music. All right, our guest today is Jane Ulitskaya, the news editor at Cars.com. She works with our good friends Jenny Newman and Damon Bell. Jane, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Tom? I am good. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us what a news editor does and what you guys do at Cars. 
Sure. So as a news editor, I personally cover, uh, surprisingly, a lot of daily news. And I also focus on shopper-centric content, uh-huh. uh, affordability. One issue right now is top of mind, but also kind of different car segments and availability. With- I, I was just there today at cars.com backslash news. Awesome. And, and yeah, just lots and lots and lots of good stuff. If you're just casually interested in what's going on in the car world, that's a great place to get your news. And you guys cover uh, recalls as well, stuff like that. Yeah, every major recall you'll find on cars.com. And I noticed that you write a lot of that stuff yourself. Uh, the recalls? No, no, just the news in general. <laughs> news, yep. Big so, part of my job. Tell us about, I lost it. I had notes in front of me. Here it is. I killed a tree. <laughs> tell us about the affordability report. This is the first time you guys have done this, correct? It is, yeah. So to give you a little bit of background on why we decided to do the affordability report is really affordability is a top of mind subject right now for a lot of car shoppers. Yep. And that has to do with a lot of compounding effects of the inventory shortage, along with rising concerns about economic conditions and rising interest rates. So as I think a lot of people have seen, average car, new car prices especially have really spiked in recent years. So to throw some numbers at you, um, among cars.com dealers, for example, the median price as of March was 44000 which is up from uh, 39000 just one year ago. And that's the median, median transaction price or yeah, list price? Yeah, list price. List price, okay. Yep. So that's just the price of the car stock itself going up. Yeah. Which which is which is interesting to me because we have not seen manufacturers exactly raise prices a lot, but what's happening is the inventory is shifting to more expensive products and more expensive trim levels, which yeah. is what would be reflected here, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely been part of the equation is automakers have shifted production to larger, pricier models. There's also been a cutback on new car incentives and right. Um, an increase in vehicle markups, which luckily we've seen that kind of subsiding, luckily for car shoppers, but... Yeah, it got ugly. <laughs> yeah, for a while there. So the affordability report really came up as a way to help consumers that are kind of finding um, challenges with affordability, because despite some of these concerns that I touched upon, the demand out there is is high. So there's a lot of pent-up demand after several years of very low inventory, um, and the affordability part kind of goes beyond just looking at the cheapest cars, cheapest starting price tags to look at the overall value of a vehicle, which has a couple factors um, that we looked at that I can dive into if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about all that stuff. But you mentioned something really interesting that I wanted to get back to. And that, and that was the fact that people, the demand is still out there. But people yep. aren't really buying the cars, right? Last year, we only saw 13.8 million cars sold, which was really low for the U.S. auto industry, which means that people keep talking about these people on the sideline, and they're scared because they keep hearing about a recession, and they're scared because interest rates are really high, and they want to know how they're going to make those payments. And as you noted, there's no incentives anymore, which makes it difficult, I think, to make down payments. So, But you guys looked at some stuff. So you actually picked some cars that you think re- that represent the best values. How did you guys do that? Yeah, so in terms of the criteria, um, we considered to start all new non-luxury models. They had to have an automatic transmission since <laughs> had to appeal to, <laughs> to the majority of shoppers. I know. <laughs> um, and also, um, like I said, we, we really tried to go beyond just looking at um, most affordable starting prices, which usually belong to compact sedans. So we looked at vehicles across four categories, which included sedans compact, or sorry, small SUVs, small pickup trucks, and also electric vehicles. Um, Oh, okay. And so we did, for that electric vehicle category, set a minimum range requirement of 246 miles, which is kind of the, we found the average among all the qualifying EVs. 246? Yep. Okay, interesting. And from there, all the qualifying vehicles had to fall under a, a threshold of a median price among their segment. Jill had a question for you that we talked about just before you arrived here. I don't. Oh, it got lopped off in my printer. Okay, so yeah, I I killed a tree. I was like looking at your list. Yeah, he killed a tree, and he you know it's still not here. It's still not there. But no, so I'm like looking at the list, and I was like, wait a minute, the Kia Rio still exists. 
It does. Because <laughs> that was like the first vehicle like on the list for the cars. It does. It was kind of it was the overall uh, top most of, most uh, affordable on the report uh, among the small car category. Now I don't have that number in front of me, but the base price or the price you guys showed for that vehicle was like twenty thousand five hundred, yep. meaning that there's nothing on this list under twenty grand anymore. That's yep. That was the the most affordable, I believe. So twenty thousand was the median list price um, around there that benchmark. So yeah, it's I would say. Tough to find new vehicles under twenty. There, I believe there are some out there, but that would be the base kind of starting price, and that excludes some of these must-have features that we right. also factored into the report, which we just identified several safety and convenience features that we believe um, were applicable to the most car shoppers out there. So, in addition to an automatic transmission, is that like Apple CarPlay or what? What are the other features that you? That is one of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, blind spot monitoring, forward collision warning with um, automatic emergency braking and pedestrian detection, and also lane departure warning. And specifically those uh, driver assistance safety features we picked out because numerous studies have shown they are very effective in preventing accidents. So we thought they were important. We did consider dozens of other features, but those came out on top as kind of the must-haves. And and so, like, blind spot monitoring, I know that doesn't come standard on a lot of vehicles. So is is this a must-have standard or must-have available? Uh, either one. Okay. So that was part of the uh, the report, too, is a package, an add-on package okay. that shoppers can find for some of these. Even the base model can be equipped with a package that adds these must-have features, keeps the price affordable under the kind of threshold cutoff, Um so yeah, either either standard or optional. Okay. I noticed the Nissan Versa's on here, one, one, one of my favorite cars for the money. And then the Kicks. First of all, you guys call Kicks a car, which is interesting. We do. Yeah, uh, lack of all-wheel drive. Is okay, the reason good we reason. Do that. Yep. Interesting. Yep. But that that's a good starter. Like if you if you've got if you're worried about a kid just starting to drive or your child's out of college and needs to buy a car, I like the Kicks. It's got, it's got the room. It's got the stuff. And what problems it has, like the CVT's not great and, and, and highway noise and things like that, young drivers don't care. It's yep. cranky old people that care. <laughs> so that hits yes. all the boxes. But we should talk about crossovers because I think that's where most people are looking at. What are, what are some of the most affordable yep. uh, so. uh, car, affordable cars approved <laughs> crossovers? Uh-huh. Um, so on the small SUV list, we had the topping the list was the 2023 Chevy Trailblazer. Interesting. Um, had the also 2023 Hyundai Kona SE was the trim, and the 2023 Kia Seltos S were our top three in that category. Uh, we should talk about those vehicles a little bit because I, I hadn't realized until we had this conversation today that Trailblazer was that affordable starting. But you do have to deal with a three-cylinder engine. And again, young drivers and people who are on a budget probably aren't going to care. But it's kind of a cranky engine. But you, yep. can get, but you can get the other stuff you want here, right? Now that... Yes. And that's a, it's a good point you bring up. So a lot of these cars, and affordability obviously means different things sure. to every shopper. And compromises. And I think, I think first, kind of a first car purchase, um, in terms of budget-friendly, this was our our top pick. So that's the reason we went with non-luxury. Uh-huh. Uh, we thought about including larger vehicles, but those quickly kind of became, I would say, tougher to afford. So first, first-time first buyers, I'd say, are a great audience for this report, but obviously anybody concerned about uh, spending too much on a new vehicle should definitely check it out. Yeah. And I don't know how many people even think about these vehicles. Now, the Seltos goes under the knife this year, Jill. When is that all new? For 2024, I think. I know that Kona is going to be all new, so I would assume Seltos will be new as well. Yeah, I think have we so. heard? I think it is 24. I'm like, I have believe. we heard officially? I don't know that we've seen it. We've seen the Kona, so I'm assu- like, I would have to assume because they're built on the same platform. So when we talk about affordability too, did you guys look at monthly payments at all? We did not specifically for this. Um, I would say, in terms of kind of every factor that a shopper should consider definitely should look at the monthly payment, especially with kind of the, what I mentioned earlier, the rising interest rates uh, could kind of kind of come out of left field for yeah. a lot of shoppers. So say important to, to do the math um, 
obviously it's going to depend on several factors like the down payment that you want to put down and uh, the price of the vehicle, but should definitely consider how that monthly payment is going to fit into the rest of your budget. Now, using affordability, as you guys did to select vehicles for this list, there is a vehicle on here that I think would not make any other recommended list, and that's <laughs> that's the Outlander Sport. Uh, I don't know. You I like it? I, it's been a while since I've driven it, but I had warm, fuzzy feelings about it when I drove it. Did you? I did. Oh, I genuinely dislike it. Huh. I, I, just, I just think I think the drivetrain's kind of crude. It's noisy. But you have to think of, again, who's going to buy the car, and cranky old men are the one who don't like it. <laughs> no, that's true, but there are better vehicles on this list. And you've got, you've got the Seltos, for example, and, and the Kona, much more refined. But they're also higher on the list. Yeah. And newer. And newer, that's right. Yeah. That Outlander's getting old. It is getting old. It's just going to be dropped off. I don't there. remember the last time that it was redesigned. No. Actually. No, it's old. We have a couple of minutes left. you want to tell us about EV picks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, that category is probably going to be the most surprising for a lot of shoppers is that there were quite a few electric vehicles on the list. Um, and I think the interest in EVs is just growing so quickly, and affordability does seem to be a major roadblock for a lot of shoppers, or a lot of shoppers believe it to be a roadblock. So... Among EVs, the 2023 Chevy Bolt EV and its SUV counterpart, the Bolt EUV, landed as the top two. Um, the Bolt came in at 28000 around there for the median price, and the EUV at um, around 29000 Oh, okay. Uh, you broke them out separately. I see that. Yep. I, sh- I should have seen that. It's right in front of me. But again, I'm not good with notes. That's right. Uh, so we should talk about this because the Bolt, which is not going to live through this model year, Right now, about $28,000, and you can apply the $7,500 tax credit yeah. to it. This is an insanely good deal. This is a stinking good deal in an EV with yep. an awful lot of range. Yep, exactly, and that's, that's why I topped the list. Um, so I, I, did, I did find the one bad thing about the Bolt. I don't know if you guys know this, but it, it charges, it level three charges relatively slowly. Okay. So if you're going on a long trip, uh, prepare to spend more time at the charger. To, to spend a lot of time in the back of a Walmart parking lot without lights, without <laughs> coffee, and without bathrooms? Yay! Yes, that. <laughs> you make it sound so romantic. Oh, it is so romantic. What else is on your EV list? Yep, so then we have the Hyundai Kona EV. Um, I like that with, vehicle. Yeah, and that the median price was around 36000 Um, And... Yeah, I would say the the main takeaway from the EV category is even though um, that EV category had the highest median price threshold of uh-huh. sixty thousand, not surprisingly, there are quite a few options out there that fall below that. A lot of those actually turned out to be plug-in hybrid variants of a lot of popular compact crossovers. So some of those are like the Hyundai Tucson, Ford Escape, and the Kia Sportage, all plug-in hybrid EVs. Oh, I see the Crosstrek Hybrid on here, a vehicle that I forgot existed. I believe it's it's sold in select states yeah. only, um, but we just de- we decided to still include it. Usually there's ways to order one, even out of state, so there's ways to get one if you want. Tenth on your list is the 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid electric vehicle in ES trim. I have not driven the plug-in Outlander. I'm hearing really good things about it. I liked it. That's what I'm hearing. I haven't heard yeah. a bad word about it. No. Um, so here's here's a crazy thing about this. It is the only plug-in hybrid vehicle that, here. fun fact, um, that has fast charge capability. Like you could go to a fast charger and plug oh, it in. Oh, oh, oh. At first I'm like, what are you talking about? So like you can plug it into a level two. It's or, a plug-in or, hybrid you can take to a level three station. Yep, you can take to a level three station. It's the only one. Wow. That seems almost like overkill. Now it's Chatamo. Is it? Yeah. Still? Yeah. People don't know what that is. but Yeah, no. Nobody knows what that is. Nissan and I can't even think of someone else right now. Mitsubishi. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Mitsubishi, yeah. Still using the Chatamo setup, which which most fast chargers have a charging uh, connector for. But long term, that might not be the world's best buy. Yeah, but I mean, the the reason why that is is because in Japan that is the standard. Yeah, and um, a lot of people do use the fast charge capability. But no, I drove it. Um, I drove it on the the vehicle launch, so first drive, and uh, I I I thought the range was good. I I really like. 
actually, this could be, I, I, I'm going to throw it down. I like the Outlander better than the Rogue. So these both wow. of these both of these vehicles are built on the same platform through the very similar Nissan, Renault, Mitsubishi Alliance. Yeah. I may have mixed up those words, um, but uh, I liked the Outlander better than the the Rogue. And then the Mitsubishi is the has the plug in hybrid where the Rogue does not. Right. So I really, really, really liked it. Yeah, it's interesting too that there is actually a plug in hybrid variant of this vehicle just for Mitsubishi. Yeah. Granted that they're more or less built for them by Nissan, but Jane, where can we find this list? Uh, the full list you can find on cars.com, best value new car affordability report. Um, so yeah, that would be the... Cool. Yeah. We didn't check out the whole list here because there wasn't time. We only had 20 minutes, but we thank you for bringing this to us and you're going to stick around for the quiz, right? I will. Absolutely. All right. That's Jane Ulitska. I knew I was going to blow it. Jane Ulitskaya of cars.com. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom. Yeah. Not Apple. Yeah. As we discussed off air. Yeah, we did. Briefly. (laughs) People used to call me that. Hey, Apple. Hey, Apple. There's worse things to be called. Like citronella or salmonella, which is what I get called. So, yeah, there are worse things. Those are funny. Those are funny. Cinderella. Why can't we go with Cinderella. So, uh, Citronella, how can we f- uh-huh. how can we follow you in yeah. Uh, social media? Yeah, so it's my turn, right? Uh, because I oh. promise to entertain you as well um, on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, all of the things um, with my name at Jill Simonello. Um, I even created a new website last week because you know I didn't have enough on my plate. Um, JillSimonello.com, where I list all of the articles that I'm writing. I have a RSS feed to the articles that are on. Consumer Guide Automotive, an RSS oh. feed to the podcast. So if you're if you're curious about what I'm doing off of social media, you can go to jillsimonello.com, and that's J-I-L-L-C-I-M-I-N-I-L-L-O. <laughs> there you go. You yep. know, I own carguytom.com. I know that. Yeah, I might do something with that. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Should people go there now? They can. If people go there now. It doesn't do me any good financially, but they can go there. Right. And they can see the all-new Consumer Guide. Website that is yeah, coming staging. soon. It's staging. Maybe this week. Yeah. Maybe awesome. this week, yeah. So cool. That hell is so over. So sneak peek. That's actually a nice little perk for our followers to know that they can go and see what's coming. It's so much better. Yeah, it's it is. It's so much better. It's all better. Jane, you decided to stick around. Yeah, am I going to regret it? You will. <laughs> Almost certainly a huge mistake. Uh, it is quiz time. <laughs> Uh, but Jill has been doing very well, but she's not going to do well today, I don't think. Yeah, he's uh, completely already told me I'm going to fail miserably. No, no I didn't so say I'm that. So I'm just going to say B, 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 B. These are, these are yes B, or no. These B. are yes oh, or no. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, no, yes. Jane, we thank you for sticking around today. <laughs> you will go first. The topic is wagon or no wagon. Ooh. Are you ready? Yes. Jane, <clears throat> was there ever a factory built Chevrolet Cavalier wagon? Yes or no? going to go with yes. Jill, was there ever a factory-built Chevrolet Cavalier wagon? Oh. Ironically, my first car was a Cavalier. Was it? It was, but it was not a wagon. Which is a terrible name for a car. It was horrible, but it became a Cobalt. I feel like there might have been a Cobalt wagon, but I'm trying to think. Not Cobalt, though. Just No, Cavalier. I know. I know. So I'm going back. No, I'm going to say no. Yes. Ah! Yes. Okay. Jane well is on done. the board with one. Jill? I have no points. You have no points. Your favorite thing to say. I know. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I have to write Jill and Jane out because I can't just put J. J and J? Oh, yeah. Jill. Yes. Was there ever a factory-built Oldsmobile Toronado station wagon? I don't even know what that is. That's a shame. <laughs> Toronado's cool as heck. Uh, Oldsmobile what, Toronado. What was the model year of that? Uh, 66 through 92. I'm going to say Yes. You're going to say there was a Tornado yes. wagon. Jane, this question goes to you. Was there ever a factory-built Oldsmobile Tornado station wagon? Ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm praying on your youth. I, I, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm going to say no for that one. 
Jane has two points. Oh, oh wow. see? I was not confident about that one at Jane all. Jane was all worried. She's like, are you guys going to embarrass me? And I'm like, no, I will lose this, I swear. The Tornado. <laughs> and I'm not throwing it. The Tornado was a very large, very expensive personal luxury car in, in the vein of the, the Eldorado. Okay, yeah. I've, the Mark Series Lincolns. Uh, now, now, because Sam Fiorani is listening and going to give me a hard time, I have to point out that an aftermarket converter built something called the Tornado Jetway between 1968 and 1970. It was a limousine with a wagon back. Okay, so that so, was a wagon, but not yeah, really. But it wasn't factory. Got it. All right, Jane is winning two to nothing, Joe. Uh, yeah. This question goes to Jane. Jane, was there ever a factory-built Jaguar XF wagon? That would be Jaguar's midsize, mid-size car. That's still in production, I think. There is still a 2023 XF. go with no for that one. Jill, this question goes to you. An XF wagon. Oh, man. I remember that Jaguar had a wagon, but I feel like it was the X-Type wagon. There was an X-Type wagon. Yeah, and then they had a... Oh, man, was it the X- was it XF? I remember going on a drive for a wagon, and I can't even remember what they called it, but it was a fancy not-wagon name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes, it was the XF Sport Brake. Yes, that, I'm like it was a fancy non-wagon yeah. name that was like fancy, you know, English code for wagon. Yeah, Sport, sport Brake goes way back. There yeah. were lots of Sport Brakes in the history of British vehicles. Jill, this question goes to hey, you. Hey, by the way, I want you to note I have one point. You have one point. <laughs> for people keeping score at Not home, Jill has one point. Our guest, Jane, has two. Yes. Jill... Yeah. Uh, this question goes to you first. Was there ever a wagon version of the Ford Focus for the U.S.? I'm like, I know there was for the Taurus. Mm-hmm. You're asking me about all these models that I just don't rem- like remember the wagon versions of. Um, I wonder if the Taurus was like the last seriously popular American wagon. i got to think about that. Um, eh, I don't know. It was know. a Sable wagon, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. You're saying no? Jane, this question goes to you. Is there a Ford Focus wagon? I'm trying to picture it, and it's not. Nothing's coming to me, so I'm going to go with no. Uh, there was indeed. Oh, yeah. Man. We were both wrong. Early on, it was a special version called the ZTW. Uh, okay. ZTW. Okay. Uh, score doesn't change. Jill one, Jane two. Last of the regular questions goes to Jane. Do you hear my phone? That's Sam Fiorani checking it. <laughs> Telling me, telling us we got something wrong. I got probably. something wrong. <laughs> uh, one of Jane's favorite cars here, I'm sure. Jane, was there ever a wagon version of the AMC Pacer? Yeah, I'm gonna go with yes for them. I don't she even. She seems to know something. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm gonna agree with her just because she's so confident. I have no idea. I, I don't even remember what the AMC Pacer. There was the Pacer was introduced for 1975, uh, lasted through 1980, and the wagon was introduced in 77. It looks an awful lot like the regular Pacer, but it is a wagon. Okay. Jane has three. Jill has two. Jane, you win today. Yay. We go to the bonus question because that's what we do. That is what we do. Uh, Jill, this goes to you first because uh, you went second. Okay. Jill, according to SouthWiltonVet.com, you shouldn't kiss or snuggle hedgehogs because they can spread salmonella germs <laughs> to your face and mouth. Isn't that timely? Salmonella. Yeah. Uh-huh. So apparently hedgehogs are a source of salmonella, which is good to know. Okay. Uh, still, hedgehogs are relatively popular in the U.S. According to SpikesHedgehogFood.com, Jill, there are 15 popular breeds of hedgehogs. That has nothing to do with sal- salmonella. Got it. Yep. Which okay. of the following is not a real hedgehog breed? Are you ready? Yeah. You're looking for the fake, fake. hedgehog Got breed, it. according to SpikesHedgehogFood.com, which is a real website. Are you ready? <laughs> is it a real website? <laughs> it is. Okay. Is. I got to get my facts someplace. You were giggling, so I yeah, had to make sure. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. The northern white-breasted hedgehog, the Indian long-eared hedgehog, the bare-bellied hedgehog, or the Italian short-tailed hedgehog, which is the fake hedgehog? I'm going to go with the Italian short, short-tailed short hedgehog. I, I have no clue. All of those sound like they could be real to me. All right. Jane, this question goes to you. She went with the Italian short-tailed hedgehog. Uh, which is the fake? The northern white-breasted, the Italian, I'm sorry, the Indian long-eared, the bare-bellied, or the Italian short-tailed hedgehog? One is fake. There's one that's called the long-haired. 
side? Or uh, the Indian long-eared. Okay. And I'm the Italian go short-tailed. Can I go with the long-eared just because I can't picture a long-eared hedgehog? But... Uh, the Italian short-tailed is the oh, fake. Jill gets boy. the bonus question, but Jane, you get Nagar a copy of the quiz. <laughs> I mean, even though we kind of tied. Yeah. But Jane wins because she got the real questions right. I just guessed. Yeah, the bonus. <laughs> bonus. Yeah, yeah. Got the important one. Yeah, yes, you, you got the important ones. <laughs> we were going to talk before the break. We yes. never got to it about a little bit about our drive impressions of the Toyota Crown. Yes. And and first of all, explain the Crown because it is it is more or less a replacement for the Toyota Avalon. Yes. But it is so much not exactly a replacement. That is that is correct. Um, so. It looks like an SUV, but it has a trunk. It's lifted, but the ground clearance isn't anymore. Uh, the, the lifted part comes from the seat height. Um, it has a funky stripe in the upper trims. It's only a hybrid. You've got two hybrid powertrains. It's um, fun to drive with the hybrid Max, which is weird uh, for a large sedan like that. And... Um, I'm, I'm, this may be an unpopular opinion. You can either agree or disagree, but the interior is very plain. No, I don't think that's, that's unpopular. At least I agree with you. Okay. Um, I'm counting that as a negative though, that sure. the interior is very plain. I, I think it's nicely it's designed, but it's a little plain, a little bare, and I don't think the materials are, are no. premium class. But that said, I think you listed all the contradictions that are this vehicle. <laughs> no, it is a really interesting... It's a weird, weird and interesting vehicle, but we both drove it. Yeah. Made you listen to some Peruvian weird, music. Per- so that was the theme, weird. Yeah, but it's what which we learned the stereo's good. Yes, the, at stereo, least in the, the JBL tremble. audio, the, the up-level JBL audio is very, very good, good. Especially for Peruvian music. Yes. But as weird as this vehicle is, I really liked it. Yeah, well, you know... Also, I, it's much better looking in person. It, it is. Have it, you seen this vehicle? Not in person yet, but okay. yeah, definitely have checked it out. Yeah. Pictures. It, it, it's, it's, so I want to, when we first got into the vehicle, I drove first. So we drove together and you got in and you were having problems with the passenger seat, adjusting it and making yourself comfortable. So, and, and I didn't circle back on that at the end of the day because then we switched back and forth a couple of times and we were in a couple of different trim vehicles. I felt really good as a short driver in there, but after like you were adjusting it, like, did you finally start to find your comfort zone? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, when you first got in, you were like, there's ah. lots of space. Okay. Also, I'm dealing with like a knee problem. So oh, fair. I, I make funny noises all the time. That, well, you, you, you do. Yeah. I, we won't go there. But but <laughs> I think a point that we need to make about this vehicle that's very interesting is the Avalon, as good as it was, yep. and if you wanted to get on the highway or take five people anyplace, the Avalon was great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun. No. Well, the, T- <laughs> the Avalon TRD, which was an aberration of a vehicle, yeah. was fun. Yeah. But but Try outside, of, I want one. Uh, the, uh, yeah, outside of that very limited trimmed vehicle, um, it not fun. But yeah, no, this is oddly fun. It's like, especially like I said in the the hybrid max powertrain. So this is um, it was a, a two point four liter engine, three hundred and forty horsepower, and uh, it's just it's downright zippy. Yeah. It was good. It was good to drive. Yes, you and I. Uh, if there's a dynamic downside, you and I went through a drive-through because yep. I made you. <laughs> yes. And it, it does some shuddering at low speed, and went backing up. Yeah. <laughs> which everything seems to do these days. Yeah, it was. It was a weird. It was like a, a, a shuddering, and I could hear it as well. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, and we could just talk about the the platinum edition, <laughs> which has the the hybrid uh, hybrid max powertrain. Yeah. Yeah, it's quick, it's refined, it's great on the highway, mm-hmm. good power, makes nice noises. Uh, there's a lot there to like. And as you noted, the interior is very roomy. You mm-hmm. can put five people in that if you had yep. to. Four would be better off. Yeah. It has a truck, not a hatchback. Turns out it has a hatchback in other markets. It's Yes. But they're not going to bring in that many, and I think they just don't want to complicate things. No. Also, it replaces a sedan, and I think that they want a sedan to replace it. Well, plus Americans don't like... Bum, 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 wagons. Not much. Wagons are hatchbacks. <laughs> back, back to the quiz topic. Uh, so, Americans don't like wagons. We have Amy Chow on next week. We do? Yeah, uh, to talk about this. She was part of the program that uh, put together the, the, uh, the crown. So we'll be talking about this more next week. But my early takeaways, this is a really nice vehicle. Yeah, pretty, pretty favorable takeaways. Um, we, I mean, obviously, we were only in it for like 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. So... Um, not in the same vehicle, not the same driver, so we couldn't really get a clear take on fuel economy. But the gist is that the base powertrain, I want to say it was like 41 or 42 miles per gallon in right. combined driving, and um, the focus is on fuel economy. But with the Hybrid Max, they've 
definitely put the focus on performance and you're still looking at 30 miles per gallon in combined driving, which is nice. Yeah, so to get the hybrid max engine, you do have to step up to the platinum uh, yep. trim level, but it's probably worth it. Yeah. I would say. Well, yeah, and and uh, the weird another weird quirk on the platinum trim, which is again the most expensive high level version. You can get that weird stripey thing <laughs> on the the hood that's oh, black and it goes over yeah. the top. So it's not a racing stripe, no, but it's but it like this two tone. I well, it looked good. In, they, like there was a bronze one there, and I thought it looked really good on the bronzy orangey colored one. Yes. I'm not sure how I feel about it on the red one. I thought it was cool. Yeah. The gray one, it looked nice, too. The red was just too much for me. You could probably pay a dealer 200 bucks to take it off. Or just not get it, because I feel like it's a $400, $500 option. option. Yeah. Oh, okay. So just don't get it. Joe, we're we're close to running out of time here. What is new at Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk? Uh, I'm like, what what did we talk about this week? Um, Well, I've got a couple of new things coming, so I'm going to be talking about the five... Uh, safest pickup trucks you can buy, and that will go live on Wednesday. We have a review of the Ineos Grenier. Grenier? Grenier? I can't say it. Um, It's a new, all-new vehicle that's an off-roader that is coming to the U.S. market at the end of this year's 2024 model. So we're going to have like five good things, five bad things about that new vehicle. All right. Yep. I I would say those are the two big things coming this week. Cool. Jane, do you guys have anything cool showing up at Cars this week? Um... Well, it's not this week, but I know you said you guys have started working on the American Made Index. Yeah, that's that's in progress. Has that's, it been a year already? <laughs> I know. It can, usually it, comes out right before July 4th, right? Yep, right around July 4th. So that is in progress in terms of the research mm-hmm. side of things. So I would say definitely look for that coming up in a few months. Uh, we've been doing that report for many years now, and it's it's a really popular one. So. Yep. I just posted my five cool things about a vehicle with a very long name. Okay. It wraps. And you and had to write it down so that you I could did, say it. I did because I don't think I have it. Oh, <laughs> I did forget part of it. I don't actually use the full name in the thing because it's crazy. Okay. So it's the Volkswagen Tiguan SE 2.0T R-Line Black. Ba 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 ba. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's basically an SE with the black trim package. It's a white vehicle. The black trim really pops on it. It's a pretty cool vehicle. I like almost everything about this vehicle except that the drivetrain is pretty clunky. Okay. Yeah. But ride, ride and handling are great. Okay. And the price is pretty compelling. Yeah, I tend to like uh, Volkswagen ride and handling, but I've been slightly disappointed with the powertrains lately. Taos is like that. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Don't even get me started on the Taos. Like, there's yeah. not enough time. Like, literally, probably not enough time. Both powertrain <laughs> options are bad. There's there's one uh, all-wheel drive, I think, gets you the conventional automatic, and front-wheel drive gets you the dual clutch or mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Either way, they're both kind of clunky. Yeah, I feel like I had the clunky. all-wheel drive, and I think it's the dual clutch that goes with the all-wheel drive, and okay. it was just the the most horrible experience I've had driving. And I'm a Volkswagen owner, so let, let me let me be clear. It was the most horrible experience I've had driving a Volkswagen ever. There you go. Yeah. So have you ever had an accident driving, uh, accident driving a Volkswagen? My husband that would has. Be a worse experience. No, my husband has. I have not. He right. we uh, we own GTIs, and he totaled his car and walked away without a scratch on himself. There so. You go. Thumbs up there. We are now officially out of time. Are we? Yep. Are you sure? That's, that's a show. I, I don't know. Should we ask Rand, producer Randy if we're actually out of time? Okay. He's giving us the nod. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't trust you anymore. I'm, be, I'm looking at a clock. Uh, I'm look, did you see the clock? Yeah. It says we still have two minutes. Well, we have to get out before then. All right. All right. Big thanks today to Jane Ulitskaya of Cars.com. Check out what she works on at Cars.com backslash news. Big thanks to producer Randy and the good folks here at TalkZone. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you, me. Well, I don't know. Nah. All right. We'll be back again next, next week. week. Remember to check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. The Car Stuff Podcast is produced by J-Turn Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at CarStuff at ConsumerGuide.com.